Hey there, welcome to the Refuge Podcast. We're a podcast of Crossroads Community Church here in Nampa, Idaho. And here at the church, we believe in being a place of refuge, transformation, and partnership with God. My name is Charlie, I'm a pastor here at the church. And I'm Lisette, and I'm also a pastor here at the church. And this week, we're talking about Frozen 2. <laughs> yep, that's what we're doing. We're talking about Frozen 2. Not even kidding. And Lisette and I, with a two-year-old and Disney Plus at home during quarantine, are uniquely qualified more so than any topic I think I've ever had on this podcast to talk about Frozen 2. Frozen 2 we know very, very, very well. And I will say, there are some theological... Beth's going to unpack something that I wouldn't have even thought of theologically, but there's some there's some good stuff. There's some nuggets, guys. Yeah. You got to watch Frozen 2. Do the next right thing. That's pretty much it. That's, it. <laughs> That's pretty much it. I, although Beth pulled it out of here. But no, we love Frozen 2, and Beth brought a really cool kind of moment out of there. Um... And truly, one of the things that I loved about Frozen 2 is I thought there were some really beautiful moments. There was some real, like, sadness that they have to work through. And I don't know, man. They keep getting better at making these movies. I'll, I'll tear up at the end of pretty much every Pixar movie nowadays. You're just getting old and sentimental. That's all. That's right. I'm getting soft. Maybe you can get a soundbite of our son saying Olaf for this yeah. podcast. <laughs> Wait, we can make that happen. Be... Oh, Olaf? Olaf. All right. Well, we're going to listen to Jim and Beth uh, continue. And I think they wrap up Ephesians 1 for us this week. And really talk about some cool things, starting with Frozen 2. So let's give that a listen, and then we'll get together and talk about it. Well, good morning. The worship this morning that uh, prepared us for this time in the Word. I love the line uh, in that first song, The church of Christ was born, and the Spirit lit the flame, and the gospel truth of old shall not kneel, shall not faint. Uh, If this letter, the letter written by Paul to the church at Ephesus, is about anything, it's about that. The church that has been born. But a a church that does not kneel to any power in this world, but is is empowered by God's Spirit. Um, I want to say thanks to Kent and Charlie last week, um, talking about that passage of the about the eyes of our heart being open so that we can see the amazing things that God has for us. I mean, it's easy to not see those things. Um, And and so thank you so much for that. Um, I love the biblical scholar uh, illustration that Kent used, that uh, scholars stir up so much dust and then they can't figure out why they can't see. Um, But uh, I I hope that today, Beth, as as we unpack this, that that the dust settles, uh, and I'm praying that the Spirit does that. There are so many voices um, in the world today, um, so much, uh, you might say, power that seems to be at work against us. I, I would say there's so much dust that we can't see. Uh, it's a discipline to see what God is doing in the midst of the struggle. But when we do, when we can see what's really going on, uh, we find ourselves encouraged. Um, but sometimes... We feel overpowered by, uh, by the, these things and we can lose our way, mm-hmm. you know? Yeah, we can. I was reminded, I'm a parent and I have, <laughs> I have two young kids. And so in this season, as we've tried to be really creative on what to do in all of our time, there has been a lot of seeing and listening to my kids sing Frozen 2. Wow, that's a gift that I don't have to share with you. Thank yes. You. Yeah. you should watch it, though. It's great. All right. We'll <laughs> but, see. 
But the whole story is, is based on them walking into an enchanted forest. And as they're walking in, the fog threatens to overwhelm them and they're breathing deeply. And all of a sudden, Olaf says something so fascinating in his like quirky, kind of funny way. He says, did you know that an enchanted forest is a place of transformation? Hmm. I don't know what that means, but I can't wait to see what it does to each one of us. Wow, wow. And that line stuck with me because that's really where we are. An enchanted forest? Well, <laughs> that'd be fun. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> but, but. but we are in the fog a little bit. Yeah, yeah, And right. we are at a place in a season of transformation. Mm. And I don't know what that means. Right. But I can't wait to see what God does in each and every one of us. Right. I mean, the church that we have been has taken a drastic, well, pause for... Two months. Yeah. I mean, who would have ever thought that we would be in the place that we are? Um, but now as we talk about coming back and, and, and coming back into a, a place of worship together, not only are there details that we have to work out, but, but we are asking the question, are we supposed to be the same thing that we were yeah. before? Right. Are there some things that have transformed us, you yeah. know? Um, and speaking of which, we probably ought to mention that. Yes. Yeah. We, um, we are planning, uh, Lord willing, to reopen worship services here at Crossroads on May 31st. Uh, it'll be a family-friendly service, but according to the uh, standards that we're following today with social distancing and making extra effort to make sure that things are clean, um, uh, we're going to do that in three services, but we're also going to have to limit the number of people. Um, we realize that some people are raring to go, ready to come back. Some people are not for various reasons, maybe because they cannot, maybe because they don't uh, feel like this is the right time. We, right. we understand all of that. Um, we're going to offer what we're doing uh, in sort of a, a three-stage um, uh, offering, so to speak. Yeah. Um, we're going to be limiting the number of folks so that we can do the proper social distancing. And fit in the space here. Right, like what you call it, pockets of seating, you know. Yep. Um, refrain from shaking hands, which is going to be hard. That's, that's, I mean, I do that a lot, you know. Yeah. Uh, you can wear masks if you want to. We might have a few extras here in case you uh, need one, mm -hmm. but you can bring your mask if, if that would make you feel better. Um, but there's going to be three options. Right. Um, the first two is, would be the services here, uh, and then the service that continues to be online. And then there's a third option mm -hmm. that I didn't think that we'd be talking about. Why don't you tell <laughs> us about that? Yeah. And, and the thing I love about this is that we're we're really trying to to reach everyone where they are right, and to right. be that place of refuge. So the online, even the online, is going to be uh, we're going to begin to be talking about resources okay, to help good, people good, who good, are good. meeting in their with family, with friends, in or their neighbors, yeah. or neighbors okay. in their living room to invite them in. Good, good. So it's really exciting. But but the other option, yes, <laughs> which I never thought I would be saying this is we are also going to launch our Crossroads Caldwell service on May 31st. Crossroads Caldwell service. Yes. Wow. wow. We're going to do it here in the venue. Okay. Because right. it's a family-friendly service and the kids will be sitting with their parents. The building is open. And so we are going to meet over there two services. Wow. There's going to be more information to come, but it's definitely... All right. So pay attention yeah. to the website yes. and, and such. 
Yep. So Caldwell Crossroads <laughs> is beginning the same day. That's amazing. Yeah. Wow. Um, wow. That's that's huge. So well, thank you. That's that's amazing. Uh, so much is going on uh, in, in many of our lives, and um, frankly, it, it seems a bit scary, especially in a time like this, to be launching a church. Um, but you feel confident that this is the time to move forward. Is that right? I feel confidently terrified. Okay, great. <laughs> I like that. Confidently terrified. I'm writing that one down. Yeah. I, yeah. I feel confident that the Lord is moving, mm -hmm. that he is opening doors. Right. If I'm honest with you, I'm scared. Okay. There, there are lots of things about this that, that aren't to plan. If you were to look right. at a church planning book or to go... You know, first you break and rule. Yes, yeah, yeah. Okay. yes. But God has so clearly opened doors that, at this point, despite how much I may be afraid that we're not quite ready, or what is it like to plant a church in the midst of a pandemic? It's hard enough yeah. <laughs> to no. plant a church without how to be that. The church. Yeah, yeah. Right, right, right. yeah. There's all these things stacked against it. However, yes, God has been so faithful, right? And I would say that that the trust in what He's doing outweighs the fear that comes from us not moving forward. And that's exactly what Paul is dealing with yeah. in this passage. That yes. power that is available to us in Christ has the ability to overcome the powers that seek to undo us. Right. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, yeah. Yep. Okay. And so I, I would like to read it. Can we read it? Absolutely. <laughs> yeah. Absolutely. Yeah. We're at the, the end of chapter one in Ephesians, and it's just a short little section. He's continuing the prayer that he began, that we talked about last week with Kent and Charlie. And I'm going to read it for us out of Ephesians chapter one, verses 19 to 23. I also pray that you will understand the incredible greatness of God's power for us who believe him. This is the same mighty power that raised Christ from the dead and seated him in the place of honor at God's right hand in the heavenly realms. Now he is far above any ruler or authority or power or leader or anything else, not only in this world, but also in the world to come. God has put all things under the authority of Christ and has made him head over all things for the benefit of the church. And the church is his body. It is made full and complete by Christ, who fills all things everywhere with himself. With himself. That's amazing. Uh, based on what Kent and Charlie were talking about, we need the eyes of our heart <laughs> to be opened to see that power that is greater than the things that are facing us. I mean, there are huge things. Um, it's been a difficult week um, as one of the pastors here at Crossroads, the phone calls, the messages, um, people are dealing with some very, very real issues. There's been cancer, there's the disease that so many of us are aware of, uh, death of loved ones who uh, people cannot grieve properly. Uh, there's been job loss. Um, loneliness almost seems epidemic. Mm -hmm. A lot of fear. I read something this morning that fear doesn't stop death, it stops life. Hmm. <laughs> and is Paul saying that we can be delivered from all of these powers if we just believe in Christ, just believe and we'll be victorious? It sounds popular, right? Yeah. 
Yeah, I don't think that's what he's saying. No, I, it's really interesting because you talked about loneliness, uh -huh. that this season is, is rampant with that, that isolation and not knowing. Yet there's also, for some, there is a season of chaos and noise. Yeah. Because right. it almost feels a little bit like we're all crammed on Noah's Ark. And, and the kids are <laughs> wow. need help with school and you're trying to work full time and, and there's a constant barrage of noise and yet even in the midst of the noise and the chaos, you're lonely. Hmm. And you mentioned something yesterday when you talked about the chaos. You said God creates right. out of chaos. That's Genesis. He yeah, hovered over the chaos and spoke creation yeah. into existence. And it's beautiful. Yeah. But then you followed it up with... and. And wouldn't we? What did I say? Because if it yeah. was brilliant, I probably don't remember. I want to. Yeah. I want to say it just right. the The idea was is, is that if if God creates out of the chaos, then we better believe that Satan is seeking to work in the okay. chaos as well. Oh, absolutely. To bring division, strife, criticism, anger, criticism, yeah, yeah. bitterness. Yes, yeah. yes. And I have found for me, if I can just be really honest, there are a lot of powers. That, mm -hmm. that seek to overwhelm. Right. All of them. And we can name them a whole list right. here. Right. But the truth is, is that the power that I am most at, at war with is, is the power within myself. Hmm. Hmm. And, and what I mean by that is in the midst of all of this, it's really easy for me to turn outward. Okay. And to, to turn my focus on all the variables that are affecting my day-to-day -day life because things feel chaotic. Yeah, right, right, right. And yet in doing that and turning my focus outward, I, I'm ignoring what's going on internally within me. Wow. And the truth is, is that, that power, those lies mm. that I begin to tell myself, right. the fear that I may couch in concern for what's going on, the, the lies of my own worth and value in the midst of all of this because I had placed it in what it was before in my job, in my role, and that's, that's now it's totally gone. different. Yeah, it's yeah, gone, yeah. and it's not gonna be the same as it was before. Right. And so these lies, these stories that I'm telling myself of what's going on yeah. and, the com and the things that are happening that because I'm removed and don't have any part in it, I feel lost right. and that things are out of my control. And so really that power, that internal right. fear is the thing that threatens the most. And it, it really, good. it goes yeah. back to the, to the Garden of Eden. Right. Adam and Eve, yes, they had a very real enemy. Right, right. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> Satan yeah. tempted them, uh -huh. yet they had a choice. Uh -huh. They had a choice to pick from the fruit. Right. And, and eat it, and to give in to the lies right. that God's goodness and his faithfulness wasn't real. Right, or that I, I need to control, yeah. I need to fix. Yeah. And so that- And, and that's, that's real though. I mean, yeah. we, we tend to, I tend to, I don't, I, I shouldn't, you know, Dor, my, Dory, my <laughs> wife, reminds me all the time, don't use we language when you need to be using me language. <laughs> I sometimes um, tend to, to be uh, outward focused when I don't want to look at what's going on here. Yeah, because it's hard. Right, it's hard. It's really it's hard. hard. And I think Paul is dealing yeah. with, with this, because let me just tell you about Ephesus. This is one of the, my favorite cities that I've ever visited um, in my studies of, of biblical places. Um, and we need to understand, but when you look at these pictures, 
you're going to see the first picture here is, is I'm standing way up at the top of the street. And if you look way, way down, maybe a quarter mile down, you'll see the famous library of Ephesus. Now, the street between where I'm standing, taking the picture, and that corner, it is absolutely lined with temples to various gods and goddesses who are vying for their, their, the people's attention, who are threatening uh, horrific things if the people don't appease them, and they live under this constant bondage. And Paul is going to talk about that, uh, the, these powers, you know. Um, you'll notice that there's one there, the, the, the uh, goddess uh, called Nike, or as we pronounce it, Nike. And then you, you can see the shape of that goddess, uh, is the Nike Swish, right. So she is the goddess of tennis shoes. And uh, now you know where the, the source of that is. But, but these people lived under this constantly trying to appease these powers that were unknown and uncontrollable. Um, in fact, the story of Acts 19, we don't have time to get into right now. But, but Paul has been here for three years. And the number of Christians is, are, are, is growing to the point where they're no longer buying the little idols of, of uh, Artemis which is, this is the center of Artemis or Diana worship. And, and in this very place, Paul almost loses his yeah, life. It was affecting their economy. Exactly, yeah. exactly <laughs> right. And so uh, uh, this is not just an imagined power, but a demonic influence. In fact, even though we're not jumping into chapter two, I'm going to jump into the second verse of chapter two, where, where Paul talks about this spirit that causes people to disobey. Right. Now, when I look at that word disobey, I think, well, I did a bad thing, okay? The word there in the Greek actually doesn't mean just I did a bad thing. It means a decision, a refusal to believe in the Christian message of the gospel. In other words, there's a spirit at work within people causing them to refuse to believe this, yeah. okay? So, so these are real powers that, that, that Paul is, is talking about us, uh, here. And so as we look at this, um, I, I look at verse 19 specifically. Um, this power that raised Christ from the dead is for us who believe. Yeah. Uh, you know, you said, we didn't talk about this before, but it just came up for me as I think about, <sighs> these are legitimate concerns right, that right. they're living through, right. that we're living through. And, and to talk about that, that internal power within me mm -hmm. that threatens to overwhelm me, it would be really easy to then, when I begin to realize that, to, to follow it up with shame, hmm. to follow it up with guilt right. of, well, shouldn't I be? Shouldn't I be, right. <laughs> shouldn't I be believing right. what God is, is doing? Yeah. And so there's this weird war almost going on within right. me internally. And right. I think about this idea of verse 19 for us who believe that, that there is an element of really acting right. despite exactly. what we may be feeling internally. Exactly. Because yes. that's the underlying issue is there's also shame attached to that. Oh, man. Yes, <laughs> absolutely. Absolutely. Yeah. And again, let's remember the, the, the essence of the letter to the church at Ephesus is unity. Yeah. <clears throat> you have all of this diversity. And they're learning how to walk in faith. Um, but the word believe and faith are the same one. Pistuo is, in the, is the Greek word there. And it literally means to act as if it is so. So this is the power that is available for, thus, for us who act in this power, right? Yeah. Uh, so Paul is saying that the, this power is greater than the powers that seek to control 
our lives. Now, you might be able to stop right now, put, a, put this on pause, and, and make a list of those powers that today just seek to control you. Um, uh, it brings us then to verse 22, yeah. that, that God has put all of these things, the, this stuff, under the authority of Jesus. Yeah. Um, you talked about this being tied in with, with the Garden of Eden. T yeah, I, I think it's fascinating okay, because yeah. what we read out of the NLT uses that phrase, God puts all things under his authority. Yes. The ESV says puts all, thing un all things under his feet. Well, and the original language would line up with that because that's the word, I think it's a yahupo padas or padas. Um, yeah, that, yeah, that it is uh, it's complete, footstool. -like. Yeah, yeah. It's, it's not, hey, I'm going to kick my feet up next to a fireplace. Right, right, yeah. It's I am going to have utter control right. over my enemies. Huh. There's this picture of dominance, mm. and we see it all throughout Scripture, oh, the, the image of the feet. Right. How beautiful are the feet of those who bring good news. Yes. We, we read stories in the Old Testament of people actually walking the land Right. To claim it as theirs. Yes, wherever, every place you put your foot. It, where yes, you yes, put your foot. Yes. Why, why does God call God's people to go into Canaan, put their feet right. in the promised land to when claim it? When you step into it. the waters, the yes. waters will part. Yeah, yes. yeah, yeah. Okay, There's good. the story in Joshua when Joshua defeats the enemies and he takes his victorious commanders and he has them put his foot on their neck as they're laying on the ground wow. to symbolize dominance and mm. control. But more than that, all throughout scripture, we see the picture of Christ. Mm. And we, it stems all the way back to Genesis 3.15. Mm. Adam and Eve made a choice. Right, right, to sin. And what does God say? He gives a promise mm -hmm. that the serpent will strike the heel, right. but the heel will crush the serpent's head. Wow. And it stems all the way back. God knew that's the type of God that we serve who has exactly. so much power yes. and, and utter dominance over this enemy that threatens to destroy us, exactly. whether externally or internally. Right. <laughs> so if you look then at that verse that God's put all of these things under his foot, mm -hmm. then he, he launches into this whole idea that, that he is the head of the church and the church, that's us, right. is his body, Right. Um, Can I be the elbow? Yes, absolutely. You can <laughs> go right ahead. Um, but his foot crushes evil. Um, and I think you would agree that his foot is part of his body, right? Right. So who is his body? I know that that's grammatically incorrect. <laughs> but who is it? It's us. Yeah. We're his body, right? Mm -hmm. So us, this means that the authority he has, right, as the head, we have because we're his body. Right. The evil he overcomes, we overcome because we are his body in the world. We are his foot that crushes evil. Yeah. Wow. Wow. How, how amazing that we get to be a part. Yeah, amazing. Of that. <laughs> and, and also something you pointed out earlier when we were talking about this passage, just to clarify, that means none of us are the head. Right. Right. And how often do we try to walk around without a head? Well, yeah, yeah the walking <laughs> dead, maybe. Yeah. <laughs> right. Uh, well, and let me just be honest. Um, one of the struggles uh, of being a pastor during this time, and I've talked to other pastors, we've come to this amazing discovery that the church does quite well without us. Um, you know, that's humbling. Mm -hmm. 
That doesn't mean that the gifts that God gives to pastors, teachers, prophets, all, all of the gifts, the spiritual gifts, aren't necessary in the body. We need to practice those. But we ought not, any of us, get too big of a, a, of a head thinking that we're more important than we ought to. We're the body. Right. And we're called to live in the power of his, right. of his body. Yeah. Yeah. Or yeah. the image that just came to me is the idea of a chicken running around with its head cut off. <laughs> Yeah, which is <laughs> what we, I feel like these days. <laughs> yeah. Yes, yeah. Well, it feels a little bit that yeah, way. It feels yeah. out of control and chaotic. Yeah, yeah. And without understanding who is our head yes. and whose we are, it'd be really easy to, we are. to do that very thing. Yeah, and, and we are him, his body. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Uh, we are himself. <laughs> I know that that's, again, grammatically incorrect. Yes. <laughs> but we are. The world is not overcoming us. We are, in Christ, overcoming the world. All right. Uh, and he says in verse 23, he's, he fills all things everything, and, and everything with himself. That means he's taking over. That he, he's taking over me and he's taking over you. And he's working in us and through us as we live and move in his power in this world of oppressive powers. And we don't need to go into great detail of what those powers are because... I think you, as you're listening to this, probably already have an idea of what mm. those powers are. People who are trying to overtake with power, yeah. powers that seem to frighten us, to control us. And, and I would also say that Satan, it tends to be very subtle. Uh-huh. And yes. sometimes our, what we think is the power that is uh, in control is not actually what's controlling us. There's something behind there's it. There's something behind it. Ah, okay, you're right. Yeah, and right. I, yeah, it's yeah. just... And again, remember the theme of this letter is unity. So one of the ways that Satan can mm -hmm. undo the power of Christ in the world is by bringing disunity in the body of Christ. Yeah. That's huge, you know. So Paul is wanting the Ephesian Christians who have lived their whole lives, right, uh, thinking that they are powerless against the forces of evil to know that the power in them, this, this power of Christ, this power that raised him from the dead. By the way, none of the gods down that, that long corridor ever lived in the flesh and never died and rose again. Jesus is the only one. So this power that yeah. raised him from the dead is what lives in us and enables them, then for, therefore, to live without fear. Uh, there's something that I can take from that. Yeah. I, I need to hear that, you know? Uh, yeah. And that verse 19, too. go ahead, did you? Oh, I was just saying, I do too. Yeah. I do too. Yeah. <laughs> and verse 19, that, that, you, that you will understand the incredible greatness. So I think it goes back to that the eyes of your heart, you can understand the, the, the wonderful things God has in store. But here Paul says that you'll understand the incredible greatness of God's power for us who believe him. Mm -hmm. Now notice that. Notice, look at that verse. It doesn't say those for those who believe in him. We can get real religious with that. Oh, I believe in Jesus. I believe he exists. Um, I believe that he's probably the son of God. I believe that he can forgive. I don't know if he has forgiven me. I believe that that maybe I could go to heaven someday. I believe in Jesus. Yeah. Or right? we use it as an excuse to then live the way we want to. Right. Okay. Right. Exactly. <laughs> right. But the, here it says to believe him. So in other words, whatever he says, I believe him. But there, we come back to that word believe. Mm -hmm. it, it's faith, pistuo, which means to walk as if it is so. Right. So in other words, I'm going to put this on. I'm going to actually start doing this. You could say, well, okay, thanks, Jim and Beth. That was a, a nice 
little sermon and, and, and about me being bigger than the powers that are oppressing me. I, and I hope that happens. No, 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 no. No, it's not a matter of hoping it happens. It's a matter of walking in this as if this is true. Yeah. Because it is. It is. Right. I, I was in, inspired this week by a, a woman who comes to Crossroads yeah. who has been very, very sick for a long time. And it would be really easy for her to oh. feel completely overwhelmed and and Give up. Give up in yeah. this time. And she she sent us a text message this week. And she said, hey, can you tell Pastor Jeff that I need more Bibles? More Bibles? Because she has been, even though she can't go to the hospital, the nurses and the people who are coming to visit her at home, everyone who comes, she makes sure they, has a, they have a Bible. <laughs> it's, yeah. it's inspiring. She's living in the power. Yes. Yeah, yeah. Yes, she's yeah. not afraid. Right. <laughs> yeah. So if we believe, that's what this passage is saying, we're going to act in this power. Yeah. Uh, let's get practical here as we close. Um, and I want to come back to this crazy thing. I mean, this wonderful thing that you and Jeff are doing <laughs> in the midst of a pandemic. Um, and you're feeling strong about moving forward with Caldwell Crossroads. Yeah. Of course, this is what we were talking about before the pandemic hit. And uh, yeah, I figured, well, we'd put that on hold. But it seems like you're not putting it on hold. Tell, you're actually walking in this. Tell us what, what's going on. We are. We are walking in it. I think to come back to the Frozen 2 analogy, because, you know. Because Olaf is important, I guess. <laughs> yes. yes, yes. We, we've walked into the woods, and, and we're no longer the same. Ah. And we have a choice. Mm. We have a choice to sit down in the woods because it doesn't look right or we, can't, or we can't control it. Or, or we can have a choice to move forward. And God has so clearly begun to open the doors. Yeah, he has. And so despite how scared I am, <laughs> we, right. we are very close to having Elise Stein on a building wow. in downtown okay. Caldwell. And which ha can house several refuge counselors. We are taking refuge to Caldwell. So that, that's, <laughs> that's like our third location for um, refuge counseling because mm -hmm. the, and there's been a huge increase in demand for that, that, yeah. Yeah, or, yeah. We also, this last week, were able to hire a worship director for Crossroads Caldwell. Wow. And next week he will be here playing with the worship team and we will get, you'll get to meet him and right. hear him. And we're just excited that he yeah. is a part. And <laughs> you asked me earlier, this, this walking in courage. And, and I thought, man, this sounds very, very prideful to say we're doing these things. Right, right. But the truth is we would not be doing any of these things if God hadn't so clearly right. <laughs> been directing. Opening doors. But, yeah. but we've put our house on, on the market. It has sold. We've bought a new house in Caldwell. And I guess you're going. Midst, <laughs> I, we are going. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. There's no turning back. Right. And, and our kids, we've been talking to our kids about the experience and inviting them in. Good, good. Yeah, it is a walk it's, in faith. It's walking by faith. Belief. <laughs> yeah. So Crossroads, um, as you think about that, have you named those powers that have sought to undo you? Is it disease, maybe financial worries, fear itself? Um, don't underestimate the power that, that those things have in us. You know, this is exactly why Paul begins this letter and then ends the letter in chapter 6 by saying, we wrestle not against flesh and blood but against evil rulers and authorities of the unseen world, against mighty powers in this dark world, and against evil spirits in the heavenly places. Therefore, put on every piece of God's armor so you will be able to resist the enemy in the time of evil. Then after the battle, which there's going to be a battle, right? Yeah. You will yeah. still be standing firm. This 
is the truth. I love that yeah. because you're standing firm, which means your feet yeah. <laughs> are on the enemy. <laughs> oh, good. That's good. Yes. And, and I just had it for you and for me yeah, yeah. and for everyone who's watching, what are we, what are we afraid of? Ah, right. <laughs> exactly. Yeah. So this truth reminds yeah. us that we are his body. He has overcome evil. So we, being him, his body, we are too to overcome evil. Right. The power seeking to destroy us personally and as the body of Christ doesn't stand a chance if we, faith, act as if it is so. Right. Act as if the power that is in us is greater than the power that seeks to undo us. So disease, God is our healer. Financial stress, God is our provider. Fear, God subdues fear. Worry, our Father knows what we need even before we ask. That is the truth of the word. And uh, Beth, would you mind uh, closing us in prayer today? Yeah. yeah, I would love to. I'd love to close. I've heard you say a scripture a time or two in my time here at Crossroads <laughs> that I think would be really appropriate for this, okay. to speak to the power of who God is and what he's doing Amen. in us. So church, now unto him who is able to do immeasurably more than all we ask or even imagine the power that is at work within us through Christ Jesus. To him be the glory and in his church, both now and forevermore. And all God's people said, Amen. 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 God bless you. Yeah, great message. Like I said, I would not have pulled that part about Olaf and the the forest out. The enchanted forest the enchanted is a place forest. of transformation. That's right. It was a good job, Beth. Nice. Yeah. I like it. And I do feel like this season has been one of transformation and seeing things differently and challenge, you know, uh, kind of feeling like everything's turned on its head and, and causing you to see things differently. I know for us, that's that's been the case. Yeah, I know we've talked a lot with the staff about uh, one of our pastors, Anna, was doing an exercise with us kind of about mining out the gold. So if you look at if the landscape of your life has kind of changed, maybe things are kind of upheaved, how do you mine out the gold? So what wow. is it exposing, yeah. basically? How do you mine out the good? How do you pull out the things that are, um, you know, being exposed that are showing what's good or the, the character that God's trying to build in you? So, yeah, it's yeah. really, I mean, it's been a crazy season, but... Actually, it's been a really hard season, hasn't it? But, but in some ways, you know, as we look at it, we can find the good. We can find where God's moving yeah. and working. I thought that was interesting as they talked about the powers that are at work um, and that there are powers that are at work in us even that are against what God would want to do. So that's mm -hmm. the hard part is it'd be great if every time there was a people, the good rose to the top. But yes. Uh -huh. Also anger, um, some of the things good. in us. And one of the things Beth talked about was loneliness mm -hmm. in this time. Mm -hmm. And uh, it can seem so crazy for some of you who are stuck at home alone. The loneliness seems like obvious, like, oh man, I can't be around my friends and these people, that, and these, yeah. these communities. Yep. But for some of us that have lots of kids, you know, we can be surrounded by noise and people all day long and still feel mm -hmm. lonely. And I thought that was really cool to, to yep. just say that this is a lonely time for a lot of people. Yeah. Well, and even if you, yeah, as you, like you said, even if you had 12 kids living with you, you know, you're not in the communities that you're normally in. You don't have 
friends your own age and you're in community with. And, and even just, I think that feeling of camaraderie of kind of rubbing shoulders, like with your coworkers or in the grocery store or wherever, you know, every, everybody is so, um, you know, closed down or, or yeah. withdrawn. So it's, it does feel really lonely. It feels like you're walking around a crowded room completely alone sometimes. Yeah. And it's, you know, I've had a lot of my young adults reach out to me in this time and say, you know, I, maybe I, I could use some counseling in this, in this time. And so if you're feeling that way, please reach out. You know, we have some things available. We can do some tele counseling and stuff and things are full, but also be reaching out. If you need help, be talking to people. Uh, one of the ways that we can get through this time is together, even when we can't be physically together. Um, but one of the things that they, that they unpacked as well that I thought was really cool and I had never thought about this, but it uses the word that everything will be put under Jesus feet. It says authority in the NLT, but they talked about in the literal is it would be under his feet. And then it talked about how in Genesis, the proto-evangelion to use a nerdy, um, theological word, but it's this, when it promises that someone's going to crush the serpent's head, right? The son of, of the woman will crush the serpent's head. And we see that that's Jesus. So not only all authority is under his feet, but actually sin is crushed under his feet. And I thought that was really cool. I had never put those two things together that Jesus, everything being under his feet, even sin and death and crushing the snake. I thought that was pretty cool. Yeah. I mean, it, it's such a cool idea too, when we're thinking about sin, not just in the kind of traditional Christian sense, which is like, Oh, you did bad bad. So it's sin, it's like sin is everything that's wrong in the world. It's yeah. everything like it's disease. It's just every part of the world that isn't as it ought to be, isn't as God created it to be. And that extends into sin, but it also extends into, you know, what we would think of as sin, but it also extends into mental health. It also extends wow. into, yeah, you know, all these point. things that Jesus is, is going, it is under his feet. It is under his control. And one day he will make it right. Yeah. That's so cool that we kind of have this because I think even the loneliness that we were talking about, right? Yeah, it's part of sin in yeah. the sense that it's not right. Yeah, and if you're yeah. feeling lonely, it's not. we're not saying that's sinful. No, no. We're saying that the effects of sin is what causes that loneliness because you were not created for loneliness. You were created for community. And I think that's really cool. And I think as we talk about that idea of, you know, authority and that, that Jesus, you know, right now he is changing things. He can change stuff in our lives. But also, like... In the bigger picture, he's he's going to come back. He's going to fix it permanently. Yeah, you know that even in our lives right now, he is doing things to bring things under his authority. Mm -hmm. But one day, he's gonna he's gonna do it all, which is going to be really cool. The last thing I want to talk about was just something that it came up a lot, and you know we hear this a lot. It's one of the things I think Anna really loves to say is that that word belief, the Greek word for belief that we see in this passage is, it actually means to act as if it is so. And so when we talk about believing in these things, believing in the authority of Jesus, it's not just this heady, like, oh yeah, I believe that he was a dude and I believe that Jesus has authority. It's to act on that authority. I think that's really cool that, you know, when every time that we put those things where they are, when we put things under the authority of Jesus, when we act like that, that is true, that that's what makes a big difference in our lives. Yeah, is that Anna or is that Jim's thing? Act as if it's so. I think it might be because then it's repent and believe. Oh dear, I don't remember. But yeah, you're totally right. That idea of like not just I intellectually up in my head and like, yeah, okay, I can kind of get on board with that. It's like, no, in my day-to-day -day life, I'm living this way. Right. I'm doing these things. And now that you're saying that, that does sound like a Jim thing. I think it's Jim. Because he loves that, the 
that it's not just about showing off how smart we are yeah. and how scholarly we are, but it's about really doing it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Maybe but it's any, a it's a collab. Maybe, yeah, know, between <laughs> it's, it's everybody's and, thing. And Anna. Yeah, you're right, but it should be everyone's thing, right? It's, that it's thing. not just about believing in Jesus and saying these words, uh, but it's about living. And so our hope with these podcasts, our hope with these messages, really our hope in discipling people is that they would act as if it is so. That if all we do is sit in our church and talk about these really cool ideas um, and you write down a cool quote, um, but it stops there, that's not what discipling is. Yeah, absolutely. We're meant to be living and acting as if it is so. And if we would do that, this valley, this state, this world would never be the same. And so thanks for listening. Hopefully we've encouraged you to go and to act as if it is so. That act as if he is the one that has put everything under his feet in your life. And we pray that that would bless you. And we'll see you next week.